I'm going to take for 99 cents to close out this show. Y'all know what we do here on this segment. This is one of my favorite segments of all time here on the show, where we give you a very expensive take for a very cheap price in all of sports. And the take that I have, I want to kick us off right here. You know, I just want to knock this out the way because um, it was on my mind. There was a lot of options to go with. I had about three. Normally, I only have one and done, but I had three. But I'm going to go here, okay? And my take for 99 cent is, if the four-win Cardinals win against the Seahawks, okay, in the season finale, is there an argument to be made that Jonathan Gannon's five-win team is more impressive than Brian Flores' five-win team from 2019? And I kind of want to go back to this game, you know, and talk about it a little bit with the Cardinals and the Eagles because for all purposes there, that was actually the matchup that probably should have been the most talked about matchup on this show. Obviously, we had a lot of things to talk about. And, you know, I kind of wanted to save it for this take. But, um, I mean, they dominated the Eagles as far as the time of possession. Um, they ran the ball for 221 yards on the ground. They were down 21 to 6 in the second half. And it was jump started by Kyler Murray's pick six. But from that point on, Kyler Murray completed 18 of 21 passes for 147 yards and three touchdowns in the game and it's a microcosm of how these cardinals play with great determination it's a culture and it's funny because um you know when you look back at that super bowl man they ran him out of town bro they ran him to the cardinals job at the the defensive performance of the eagles which still hasn't recovered from that game because they haven't been the same without jonathan gannon but um, when you reflect back to Brian Flores in that Super Bowl win against New England, he was held for that. And he got a job because of that and what he did against Jared Goff in the big game, shutting him out completely. And it was a different ending to them being coordinators, right? However, let's go back to that 2019 Dolphins team that won five games. To be honest with you, that was the worst roster I ever seen with my own two eyes till this day. Um, they lost to the Ravens week one, 59 to 10. They literally were tanking. Clearly, they were trading away the best uh, players. Antonio they Brown got, on the Patriots just torching yeah. them the next week. Torching <laughs> them. I, I remember that. They was gutting out their roster. But um, it got to a point where they started winning games. And Stephen Ross had to drop the bag to Brian Flores. I'll give you 100K to tank, please. You, you, you're killing me right now, man. We win the games. I want the quarterback. And just like with the Cardinals, tank for Caleb. It was tank for Tua. And they never really, well, they got to a, you know, but they could have got Joe Burrow had they tanked. But that's another topic for another day. Um, my take for 99 Cent is if the Cardinals win next week, well, this week in the season finale against the Seahawks and they get five wins, will Jonathan Gannon's five-win team be more impressive than that Brian Flores team back in 2019 that won five games? And that's my take. So I think it's an interesting comp. Um, I remember comparing these two teams like early on in the season before Kyler came back. And I think it's fascinating because the thing with that Dolphin team is like to start the season, they were terrible. You're you're right. That Ravens game, I remember uh, I brought up the Patriot game. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick to the Steelers like right before uh, the season started. And the crazy thing about that was like they beat Tom Brady in Foxborough in his last regular season game as a Patriot to knock the Patriots down a seed line and um, propel the Chiefs to a Super Bowl because that was also the year Baltimore, well, they were the one seed 
And uh, uh, with that win, that was still when there were six playoff teams. So New England had to play Tennessee in the first round and they lost. If they would have had a bye, like who knows what would have happened. And that Dolphin team had no talent. I'm impressed with Gannon and uh, what he's doing with this Cardinal team. Uh, That had to feel good for him. I thought he coached circles around Nick Sirianni. It was clear the Cardinals really play hard for him. I think there are a lot of similarities. Like I, I think it's a good comparison. But one thing I'll say about the Cardinals, man, is like, Kyler was phenomenal. Uh, He really played well in that game on Sunday. I think it's trending towards that he's going to be back in Arizona next year, which is not necessarily something I was expecting to say uh, before the season started. And uh, the Seahawks need that game next week, too, to keep uh, their playoff hopes alive. If Justin Fields and Chicago could go uh, into Lambeau and win and Seattle wins, then the Seahawks will be in the playoffs. So, you know, Pete Carroll and his team, uh, they're going to come ready. What's up? Nah, I just got, you know, one more point uh, about the comparison because um, the only reason why Brian Flores didn't live to see, well, he's alive, but he didn't get to stay to see what he built was because of what he did with the quarterback position with Tua and how he kind of botched that and botched his confidence while he was there. Whereas with Jonathan Gannon, he has got Kyler Murray playing some good ball right now in that partnership that I would once question. I'm like, uh, Jonathan Cannon, defensive mind with Kyler Murray, who has a lot to prove coming off an injury. How's that going to work? It's working great to me. And I think that's why Jonathan Cannon may be able to stay to see what he has built. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's funny with Arizona, they were down in that game, right? It was it was 21 to 6, and they yeah. found a way to come back and yeah, win. The Eagles, clearly more talented than what they are. So that win alone made me come up with this take because I think that win, that's the most impressive win out of all of the wins there that we could compare these two teams with to me. And that's why I think this question is a little bit more compelling, barring that they win the game next week. I like it. All right, well, I'll give you my take for 99 cents. And it's funny because I'm going to leave us right where we're at. I have a take on this game as well. Um, Josina Anderson, very uh, esteemed reporter covering the NFL. Usually what she says turns out to be true. She dropped a little bit of a nugget this past weekend. One of those things where she said something might happen, but I don't know if she was confident enough that it's going to happen or else she would have given us like the full details. But she said change is imminent in the NFC East. We're going to see something. We don't know what it is, but something is going to happen in the NFC East. And I think we all know that Ron Rivera is getting fired like that. The writing has pretty much been on the wall there for a while. So I don't think she would just drop that like that if it's just something we expected so here's my take right i think that if either nick sirianni or mike mccarthy loses their first playoff game they will be fired immediately after and i think that's the right call because both philadelphia and dallas both have some pretty serious not only playoff aspirations but super bowl aspirations (coughs) excuse me it's clear that sirianni has lost the locker room in philadelphia like i don't know how it that quickly you could go from bringing your team to the Super Bowl, possibly winning it, to just everyone losing complete belief in you in a span of 11 months, like less than a year. It's crazy how fast things have changed. And I know he lost Jonathan Gannon. I know he lost Shane Steichen, which we see like he's doing a great job in Indianapolis right now. But things are definitely not well in Philadelphia. And when you look at Dallas, like before the Eagles lost to the Cardinals, I was asking myself like, man, Like, going forward, as crazy as this might sound, is it just better for Dallas to, you know, lose early on the road in a playoff game to, like, Tampa and just fire Mike McCarthy? Because I'm conflicted on Dallas, man. Like, that Dolphins game, I don't... I didn't have, like, any major, like, negative 
thoughts on Dallas? Like, I thought that was a game between two really good teams, and Miami came out on front of the end. I thought that drive by Dak Prescott in the final two minutes to give Dallas the lead was pretty impressive. And I think especially now that they are in position to get that number two seed, they're going to have a couple home playoff games. Like, Dallas should have a long playoff run. I'm more confident in Dallas this year making a long playoff run than I've been in years past, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they should be getting some home games. But at the same time, like, if they play Green Bay, if they play Seattle in the first round and they lose that game, Mike McCarthy has to go. And I've done this a couple of times on uh, our Take for 99, like, revisit a, a segment and a topic that we'd done earlier in the show and hit on it from a different angle. I thought for a while that Jim Harbaugh was bound to go to the Raiders. We've seen Mark Davis be very aggressive when it comes to paying for the big name head coaches, but I think there's a possibility Antonio Pierce could be back in Vegas. We discussed that last week. So I was thinking like, where is Jim Harbaugh going to go? I know everyone says the Chargers that's a situation where I'm just not going to believe it until I see it. The Chargers are paying Brandon Staley, or they were paying him like 3 or $4 million. If they want Jim Harbaugh, they're going to have to double that financial investment. I just can't see them doing that. I'm not going to believe it until I see it. So my take for 99 is I think that Jim Harbaugh will be coaching either the Eagles or the Cowboys next season. I know that those two destinations aren't necessarily places that people have really linked him to just yet. But I just think the writing is on the wall in both spots, especially if either of those two teams lose a playoff game, especially the Eagles, man. Like, it is clear. Nick Sirianni should be coaching for his job. You cannot lose that game to the Cardinals and the guy that you ran out of town in Jonathan Gannon. That was embarrassing. And A.J. Brown, I know that he's kind of made a habit of not talking to the media after these games. But really, like, for the first time on Sunday, I was kind of like, you know what? I can't really blame him. Like, I wouldn't believe in Nick Sirianni either. And it's clear that he's upset with what's going on in that building, not necessarily the media. And Dallas, like, this roster is too talented for another early playoff exit. Like, they just have to make a run eventually. You saw Jimmy Johnson give that epic speech on Saturday night against Detroit. You know, that guy won Super Bowls. Jerry Jones is 81 years old. He wants to win more than anything. And unlike the Chargers, there's no doubt that he would spend whatever it would take to get Jim Harbaugh. So that's my take for 99. I think Jim Harbaugh will be coaching in the NFC East next year, either Philly or Dallas, when one of those two teams inevitably has an early playoff exit. Wow. I mean, I like the creativity of the take. I, you know, I'm a fan of it. I think that's a very good creative take. I always love the creative ones here on a segment like this. That take literally went one way and then went another way. Like, I, I thought your take was, you know, Cowboys and Eagles is one and done. And the coaches may get fired if they are. And that was that. And then you came with the Jim Harbaugh thing. And that kind of like, oh, okay, I, we was over here. But then you had this. And it's like, oh, wow, we over here now. Wow. I mean, look, if I could just slowly break that down, but methodically break that down, you know. When you talk about, let's stay with the Eagles since we, shall we, since we, you know, started with the Eagles here, I'll stay with them, then I'll make my way to the Cowboys. I think it's a very fascinating topic about Nick Sariani being one and done. It's funny that you bring that up because that was an idea that I had for a topic. You know, if they are one and done, is his job on the line? I actually thought about that, so I'm glad everything worked out the way it did because we get to address that now. And it's funny because, um, you know, he had his stint when he came to philly he didn't do good with the media everybody clowned him for it and then he was calling plays it wasn't working out then he gave up the play calling duties to shane steichen and then they went on this magical run last year 
almost like a March Madness run with really no adversity when you look at it. The only adversity they had on the way to get there was in the big game. And they, you know, lost that game and everything was like, you know, well, we'll be back here next year, right? Same roster, we conference, we're going to get back over here. And it has been everything but that. And even when they lost one game, I know they was fraudulent um, over there. And, um, you know, maybe we do have to come to the realization that, um, you know, you lost two coordinators that potentially could have been the successors of a potential one and done Nick Seriani. You know, when you look at Shane Steichen and what he's building over there. In Indianapolis, when you look at Jonathan Gannon and what he's building over here with Arizona, maybe you let the right guy walk, and you know that's where you're gonna have to, you know, get a guy to replace that. And Jim Harbaugh will be a guy of that stature that can replace that type of a loss. And maybe they carried the teams while they were there. If you really think about it, you know, you asked me a couple of shows ago, what do Nick Seriani do? It's funny that you bring that up because I have the same question about the crosstown you know pittsburgh steelers what does mike tomlin do you know um what do nick seriani do it's funny that you bring that up maybe he was you know riding the scene digging in the scene with the gangster lean in the back seat you know but um i do see a scenario where and i can't see it realistically if they are one and done which is very possible right now the eagles are looking like a one and done team right now you know um being the fifth seed that loss to the cardinals is unexcusable because that loss right there that should not have happened, that happened, is going to cost them a home playoff game at some capacity. And um, it's unfortunate. Um, as yeah. far as the, the Cowboys, one go ahead. thing I'll say on that too is like, it's never a good sign. And I know we discussed this even um, going back to the preseason when we were doing our top 10 coaches. Like if your big pivot, if your big adjustment as a head coach is, oh, I'll stop calling plays. You could call them. And immediately that offense took off. Like, that is a red flag. And to me, like, Sirianni was supposed to be uh, a CEO. Like, even if the play calling isn't that good, like, he's supposed to have control of that locker room. And it's clear that that locker room is fractured right now. Like, yeah, it is. It's a fractured locker room. They're not yeah. on the same page. So I thought yeah, uh, that is. was shown even more on Sunday. Definitely. You can't lose the locker room. I think he has. And I think that's another incentive that if they all went and done, losing the locker room will be a big part of why he's fired. Um, as far as the Cowboys is concerned, right? I don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't think that's going to happen in my lifetime. And I plan to live, you know, decent type of life. You know, I'm not trying to pack it up anytime soon. Um, yeah, I don't see that happening in my lifetime. Um, I don't see them going to the NFC Championship game. I do see them winning the playoff game because of the matchup. Right now, having that two seed is very important. You know, we talked about it in the beginning of the show that sequence of events that really swayed the two seed and three seed i don't think it's as big of for detroit but i think it's big for the cowboys having that home game knowing what we know about their perceived notion about them having trouble on the road i think that's big like for them to have that home game and going up against a packers team potentially as of today seven seed i, I think they'll be able to have that that game at home against the packers team but packers are still dangerous but I don't see them losing and being one and done. Now, if that happens, it would normally be, and it would probably be because of clock management management issues with Mike McCarthy that we are accustomed to. Right now, the Cowboys are second in the league with 113 penalties, and they have a 3-4 and four record on the road. They wasn't prepared to win on the road in some of these games. And Mike McCarthy, we know that he is very bad with clock management, and that's going to continue to plague them in those high-profile games and playoff games where clock management is very important to winning a playoff game. So um, I see the same simulation, 
And I, I like the Jim Harbaugh take because I do believe we addressed that too. Everything is aligned on the show. We addressed the implications of the two seat to start off the show. We talked about Jim Harbaugh and how we both believe that he's coming to the NFL. And I think everything aligned for a reason here on the show. I like the take. I respect it. <laughs>